You're listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Monsters by Relia on AO3, Chapter 4. Shit! Brian swore, startled, as the great black wolf leapt easily from the floor to the end of the bed and then began to prowl along the mattress, intent on insinuating himself between Brian and his mistress. Brian glanced over at Liv, alarmed, but she was still fast asleep, lying naked on her belly with her face buried in the pillow. Hell, Liv had spent her whole fucking life with that wolf by her side. Maybe she'd learned not to wake when he shifted beside her. Ecluse's black eyes watched Brian warily as he stretched himself out next to Liv. Brian's apprehension and the beast's own natural size, carving a space for the wolf between Brian and the girl he'd been holding on to. It was well after midnight, and he was definitely still a little drunk, and he wanted to touch her, but Ecluse had made that all but impossible. To get to Liv... Brian would have to reach over the wolf, and there was something in Ecluse's eyes that told Brian that would be a bad idea just now. That fucking wolf. The first time Brian Cassidy ever laid eyes on Olivia Benson, he'd been struck momentarily mute, a rare feat for him, by just how fucking pretty she was. But then he'd seen her wolf and thought, shit, not another one. He'd been with the squad a few months, and he'd only just gotten used to Stabler's wolf, only just begun to accept that she meant no harm, that she was more a protector than a ravisher, and then here came another one, another one who somehow managed to look even scarier than Alina. Everybody talked about it, how strange it was that Benson and Stabler's demons had taken the same fearsome shape. That's a bad sign, Munch had said, an ill-fucking omen, my friend. Even Jeffries didn't seem to like it, but then she didn't like anything. But it had been a few months now, and apart from an uncanny knack for saying the same thing at the same time, nothing weird or regulations-breaking had gone down between Elliot and Olivia. Elliot went home to his wife every night, and Liv said yes every time someone asked her out for a drink, and the squad was functioning like a well-oiled machine, and when Brian slipped his arm around her shoulders in the bar tonight and whispered in her ear, She'd grinned and taken him home, and that wolf of hers hadn't tried, not even once, to eat him. He figured that was a good sign. The way to a girl's heart was through her demon. Everybody knew that. If he wanted Liv to like him, if he wanted her to fuck him again, and shit, he really wanted that. Because apart from being pretty as all hell and a wildcat in the sack, she was smart and strong and brave. And yeah, she busted his balls from time to time, but she actually seemed to like him, and that was worth more to him than anything else. Her kindness. He was going to have to make nice with a cluse. Liv had already won Rita over. Brian's little hedgehog had run straight across the table and into Liv's lap at the bar. Had snuggled up against her belly and gone to sleep there, safe and content. For the rest of his life, he'd never forget the way Liv looked at him then, holding his demon. Like for all that her own demon went to others so often, for all that her own heart was open and willing, always, 
to give all of herself to someone else. She didn't quite know what to do when that gift was given to her in return. Brian didn't really know what to make of it either. Rita had always been prickly, and he'd always enjoyed that pun. And it had been a long, long time since anyone had treated him well enough to win her over. At the moment, Rita had burrowed inside the pillowcase beneath Brian's head and left him alone with a clouse. She might have liked Liv, but she was still less certain about the wolf. But she was less certain about the wolf, and Brian couldn't blame her for that. But the wolf was part of Liv, and whatever else she was, Liv was never mean, and so he figured that meant the wolf wouldn't be either. Hey, he said very softly. Ecluse's big black eyes watched him, blinking slowly, and he tried not to let his nerves get the better of him. It was Liv's choice, who she fucked and who she didn't, and Liv had brought him home tonight, and surely, he told himself, surely whatever she saw in him, Ecluse would see it too. I'm going to take good care of her, man, he continued, keeping his voice low and trying not to wake Liv. Demons could speak, though often they didn't, though they preferred to save their words for their respective people, rather than engaging with everyone who crossed their paths. A soul was a precious thing, and not easily shared, so Brian didn't really expect Ecluse to answer, but he knew that whether or not Ecluse ever spoke a word, he would hear Brian now, and that was what mattered. She's special, Brian said. I know she is. I won't hurt her. Yeah, sometimes Brian's mouth got him in trouble, and yeah, sometimes he acted without thinking, and yeah, he didn't have a fancy education like Liv and Munch, but he didn't have it in him to be cruel. There was too much hurt in the world already, and he'd been hurt too much himself. She wouldn't let you, Ecluse said cryptically, his voice a deep, rumbling growl that settled like fear in Brian's chest. Probably that was right, Brian figured. Liv kept herself locked up tight, didn't let anybody get too close. Liv was a fighter, and she was a loner, like him. Maybe he'd never hurt her, because she'd never let him have enough of her to try. But maybe not. Her wolf had spoken to him, and he liked to think that was a good sign. Liked to think that meant there was something in him that Ecluse and Liv both understood, something they recognized. She can take care of herself. Brian agreed. He figured it probably wasn't a good idea to pick a fight with a 200-pound wolf, especially not when those teeth were so close to his own face. But she doesn't have to do it alone. I'll look out for her, too. That seemed to please Ecluse. He lowered his head down onto his front paws and closed his eyes like he was getting ready to go to sleep. It was late, and their pagers could go at any second dragged them out of bed and off into the night to do battle with all the devils that walked in darkness. But there was one more thing Brian wanted to do before he went to sleep himself. Hey, he whispered hoarsely. Ecluse cracked one eye open, watched him curiously. Can I touch you? Brian had always liked dogs. He'd never met one he hadn't wanted to play with. When he was little, he'd always kind of hoped Rita would settle into the form of a dog, but fate had other plans. Just now, he felt a powerful urge to reach out and run his fingers through Ecluse's thick fur. There was no doubt Ecluse was not a dog, 
but he was warm and fluffy and comforting, somehow, lying there in a bed sandwiched between Liv and Brian. After all, Liv had let him touch her. Let him touch her plenty, till she was moaning and gasping and falling apart underneath him. And he was hoping with everything he had, she'd let him do it again. Yes, Acluse said after a long moment. He closed his eyes again, and Brian reached out, ran his hand over the wolf's proud head, and Acluse seemed to like that. He really seemed to like it when Brian scratched behind his ears. His tail thumped lazily against the mattress, and Liv sighed in her sleep, a soft, happy sort of sound. That was enough, Brian figured. Enough for now. He rolled onto his side and fell asleep surrounded by the smell of Liv and her wolf, his heart content for the first time in a very long while. On the other side of the city, Elliot was lying in bed, staring up at the ceiling. Alina and Hermes curled up together at the end of the bed, where they always were. Kathy was fast asleep next to him, and he was wishing like hell he could follow her, but he was restless tonight. Restless because he'd seen the way Brian Cassidy looked at Liv while the squad got ready to leave for the night. Restless because he'd seen the way she smiled at him. They probably hadn't even realized what they were doing, the pair of them. Hadn't realized how obvious Brian's attention was, or how obviously flattered Liv was by it. Maybe no one else noticed it. Maybe Munch and Jeffries and Cragen just didn't know what to look for, but Elliot had seen it. Was tonight the night, he wondered. Munch had invited the squad out for drinks and everybody but Elliot had gone, and he was kicking himself for that now, for giving Cassidy the chance to make his move, a move Liv might accept, without someone there, without Elliot there, to give her a reason not to. Shit like that happened all the time. Cops sleeping with other cops, even though they weren't supposed to. And it always made things messy, and Elliot would have stopped it, would have put himself and Alina between them, and made sure Liv went home by herself. But he'd come back to Queens instead, and shit. Maybe they were fucking right now, Liv and Cassidy. Maybe Cassidy was touching her, and maybe she liked that, and... I can feel you thinking, Kathy grumbled good-naturedly beside him reaching out for him blindly, letting her hand come to rest against his chest. Elliot took hold of that hand in his own, brought it up to his lips, and pressed a kiss against her palm. It wasn't any of his business who Liv was fucking. She was a grown woman, and he had no claim over her, even if sometimes he felt like he should have. Sometimes, no matter how foolish it seemed, no matter how much he tried to tell himself that it was wrong, he felt like Liv was his. Part of your pack. That's what Mama would say, because Mama took the wolf thing more seriously than anyone he'd ever met. And Mama's head was in the clouds, and sometimes the things she said didn't make a damn bit of sense. But that part? That part about the pack? He figured that was true. Because the people he loved, the people he cared about, he felt such a need to protect them, to keep them close. He couldn't really explain it any other way. Before now, that circle of connection had only extended to his family. But Olivia and Eccluse had wormed their way inside it, and he didn't know what to do about it. Tell me? Kathy asked him softly. Their demons had woken too. Alina remained where she was, but Hermes came hopping up, 
planted himself on Elliot's chest and cocked his head, watching him curiously. Elliot had always been fond of the rabbit. Hermes liked to explore, and he liked to play, but he could be unpredictable too. Lived his life caught between inquisitiveness and fear. Kathy was the same, Elliot thought, because fear made her want to run, but if he gave her a good reason to stay, she could be full of questions. Like she was now, asking him to tell her, to share with her what burdened him. He made her feel safe, and she was trying to help him now. But how could he tell her? How could he explain that what kept him up tonight was the thought of Cassidy's hands on Olivia's skin? The thought of Olivia's thighs clutching at Cassidy's hips? The thought of the sounds she might make? The thought of how this decision might hurt her? The thought that Elliot himself should have stopped it, and the guilt he felt for all of it? Hermes was a plain, gray-brown sort of rabbit. The kind found wreaking havoc in many a garden, and Elliot looked at him now, watched one of Hermes's ears go flat while the other remained standing straight up, shivering like he was thinking about bolting. Wolves and rabbits, he thought. Maybe in the wild, wolves were meant to eat rabbits. But Alina had only ever tried to keep Hermes safe. She sheltered him, protected him, liked having him close and watching him at play, liked knowing he was happy and safe because of her. And maybe Elliot felt that way about Kathy. Maybe he liked knowing he'd given her the life she wanted, liked knowing he was the one who protected her. And he'd never really thought about it before, but he was thinking about it now. What would it be like, he asked himself, to be with someone else, someone different? What good was a protector without something to protect? And what did a girl with the wolf for a demon need protecting from? Surely she could do that herself. Surely she was meant for someone with a smaller demon, someone she could look after, the way Elliot looked after Kathy. And Cassidy's demon was a fucking hedgehog. It's nothing, baby, he said. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.